Greetings, and welcome to the Get Hiking Southeast podcast. I'm Joe Miller, and I'll be leading this adventure. Why me? Why am I at the front of the pack? Well, for the last decade or so, I've been leading hikes and backpack trips in the Southeast, and for nearly three decades, I've been writing about adventure in the region as a newspaper columnist, guidebook author, and as a blogger. Our focus in the Get Hiking Southeast podcast, telling the stories of the hikers and the trails, especially those lesser-known trails in the southeastern United States. And now, the news. We're starting to see evidence of what we already knew to be true about 2020. More people than ever decided to go for a hike. Last week, North Carolina State Parks announced record attendance for the year. In 2020, State Parks, uh, 41 parks and recreation areas, saw 19.8 million visitors, up 1.2 million from the year before, and 400,000 more than the previous record set in 2017. Five state parks and two recreation areas each had more than a million visitors, with Jockey's Ridge State Park topping the list with 1.9 million visitors. Mayo River State Park saw the biggest increase over 2019, up 92%. And in December alone, South Mountain State Park saw visitations increase 98%, so basically twice the number of people who had gone to the park the previous December went to the park this past December. Umstead State Park saw an increase of 68%, Umstead being in Raleigh and being the second most visited park in the system. Said Governor Roy Cooper, as we came together to face the pandemic, our state parks became a comfort in a time of isolation. The records set in park visitation show that our outdoor spaces hold even greater value than we could have imagined before the challenges of the last year. We're hoping this is information that will affect budgeting for North Carolina state parks. We did see just how vital they were to our health, to our mental health, to our physical health, to our actual existence. And here's hoping that state legislators take note of that as well. Official numbers for other states in the region are not yet in, but preliminary evidence suggests we will also be seeing record numbers from them. Tennessee has 56 state parks and 20 natural areas. They typically see annual attendance somewhere between 30 and 38 million. At the end of last May, Jim Bryson, Deputy Commissioner of Tennessee Parks and Conservation, told the Tennessean newspaper that attendance was already up 30% so far, with some parks operating at 30 to 40% over capacity. In Virginia, through the first six months of 2020, Attendance at Virginia State Parks was up 112,000 over the previous year. In June alone, attendance was up 14.5%, which is especially interesting considering that all their camping and cabins were closed that month. In the Great Smoky Mountains National Park, through the middle of 2020, park attendance was actually down 27%, but that isn't surprising since the park was closed from March 24th through May 9th, basically closed for a month and a half. Once the park reopened, it was also no surprise that attendance for the month of June set an all-time high, surpassing the previous attendance mark for June by 7%. We haven't seen any numbers from the U.S. Forest Service, uh, but in a December press release, it reported that it welcomed record-breaking numbers of visitors, many of whom were first-time users. We will pass along visitation numbers from 
around the region as we get them. And that is our news for this week. Last week on the show, I talked about the backpack trips I intended to take in 2020, but alas, did not. Could not. Then it occurred to me that there were a lot of hikes I intended to take as well, but again, could not because of circumstances. And since there's a lot more hikers out there than backpackers, I figured, what the heck, why not talk about the hikes delayed as well? So this week, I talk about seven of the hikes that I intended to take, that I wanted to take, that I did not take. And again, these are not necessarily what I would call the best hikes, just seven hikes that I really like, that I really wanted to take, and that I really want to do this year. And I'll have links for more information on how you can hike these hikes in our show notes. And now, if you will, on to our Get Hiking Southeast hikes we really want to do in 2021 wish list. We start with the Mount Mitchell Trail, which over the years I have begun to look at as an annual assessment of where I stand as a hiker, and whether, frankly, I'm losing anything. The hike is just 5.6 miles, which, okay, it's an out and back, so make it a little bit more than 11. But it's not as much the length as the elevation gain of about 3,700 vertical feet. And that's 3,700 vertical feet without much of a recovery opportunity along the way. It's pretty much a straight slog, straight up. But it's not until you're near the top, once you've entered the boreal forest at close to 6,000 feet, that it becomes truly challenging. The trail gets a little steeper, but the terrain becomes rocky and rooty. Still, you're within a half mile or so of the summit, which eggs you on. There is one bummer. You get to share your summit victory with a hundred or so other hikers, and I use air quotes on those hikers, who have walked the length of a football field, if that, from the parking lot or the snack bar, depending on, you know, where they started out. Still, at an elevation of 6,684 feet, and having gained 3,700 vertical feet of climbing, this is one of the uh, most challenging trails in the southeast, gains about as much elevation as you can in that amount of space. You have summited the highest point on the east coast. In fact, the highest point east of the Black Hills of South Dakota. You hike to the top at Mount Mitchell, and you have earned your bragging rights, not driven them up to the summit. Number two is the Black Mountain Crest Trail. Now, some may argue that this should be hike number 1B rather than hike number 2 because it also involves Mount Mitchell. But if you've ever hiked the Black Mountain Crest, you know it deserves its own spotlight. The entire Black Mountain Crest Trail runs about 13 miles running along the crest of the Black Mountains from Mount Mitchell, which you may recall is 6,684 feet above sea level, north to Bolins Creek, which is just above 3,000 feet. So that's, that's one long day hike. And while the entire hike is well worth it, starting with the four-plus-mile hike through old-growth forest from the northern trailhead up to Silo Knob, I think you'll have your hands full with the 4.3-mile stretch from Mitchell to Deep Gap. In fact, Unless you're into peak bagging, avoid Mitchell altogether, and just head up north on the trail from the parking area to Mount Craig, which is about a mile hike and brings you to the summit of the second largest peak in the east at 6,647 feet. This trail is plenty challenging. The stretch to Deep Gap stays above 6,000 feet and is a constant up and down with some scrambling involved. 
In fact, at one particularly challenging rock face scramble, someone has hung a climbing rope to aid in your ascent or descent, depending on which way you're headed. Make sure you use it. Lots of views up here atop the East Coast, and you'll bag six, count them six, 6,000-foot peaks along the way. In addition to Mitchell and Craig, there is Big Tom, Balsam Cone, Cattail Peak, and Potato Hill. And once you get past Mount Craig that first mile, you'll likely have the trail to yourself. Check the weather forecast before you go and keep your eyes on the sky while you're on the trail. Storms have a way of coming out of nowhere at this exposed elevation. Sam Knob Loop. There are places that you love to go, and there are places you love to go that everyone else loves to go to as well. So once you've identified one of these areas of mutual and multiple adoration, it's time to find a suitable alternative. The Shining Rock Wilderness area of the Pisgah National Forest presents one of these situations. Between Shining Rock itself, Graveyard Fields, the Art Lobe Trail, Black Balsam, and some other adjoining uh, parts of the Pisgah National Forest, it's hard to find any peace and quiet, let alone a parking spot, at the main access to Shining Rock, which is the Black Balsam parking area just off the Blue Ridge Parkway. If you enter Shining Rock into the All Trails app, you'll get 131 curated hikes. And while two or three include portions of the Sam Knob area, which is located just to the west of Shining Rock itself, none are the 8.2-mile Sam Knob loop. You don't even need to use the busy Black Balsam area the parking area to access this trail. Rather, you can sneak in the back door off of North Carolina 215 and hike in from the west. Hike it clockwise and you'll hit Chestnut Bald, Little Sam Knob, Sam Knob, Flat Laurel Creek, some nice cascades, Little Boreal Forest, and you'll get lots of sweeping views. Basically, everything you'll find at Shining Rock, minus the legions of blueberry pickers and youth groups that storm the area from late spring into fall. This hike is also relatively easy, starting high and staying high. It more than adequately scratches our itch for the Shining Rock area. The Dotton Park Grand Loop. Man, do I love this hike. In fact, it might be my favorite long day hike of all time. For one, it's possible to say that this is a doable 17-mile day hike. Yeah, you need to be in good shape, but I've led numerous groups on this hike and they have all finished, groups of varying abilities. People who are, you know, pretty avid uh, mountain hikers, people who do a fair amount of hiking in the flatlands don't get a lot of exposure to the mountains. Everybody has done just fine. So if you're familiar with Doughton Park, you're likely familiar with the Blue Ridge Parkway portion of the hike. So this part, uh, there are multiple access points. There's a picnic area. Uh, you get to walk through the high open meadows. There's some rollingness to it, and there's a bit of a challenge. But mostly it's, it's just this very gentle uh, area that has some really awesome views. Now, you get to those grand views with this hike, but you don't start and finish with them. Rather, you begin at the base of the Blue Ridge Escarpment and climb four and a half miles up the Cedar Ridge Trail. Steeper at the beginning, tapering at the top. But you get to the top, and you've got 75% of your climbing behind you as you meander on the Bruff Mountain Trail, which is also part of the Mountains to Sea Trail, for another four and a half miles through all those rolling meadows up top. You stop for lunch, maybe at the Wild Ra Wildcat Rocks Overlook, maybe at the Bluff Mountain Shelter, then resume with three miles through a 
hardwood forest before the nearly five-mile descent back to the car. And that's another popular thing about this particular hike, is that the last five miles is almost all downhill. This is a popular mountain training hike for a lot of us flatlanders because it's both a good challenge and it's delivered with lots of distracting scenery. North Mills River. Years ago, I had planned to lead a hiking weekend in the Davidson River area of the Pisgah National Forest north of Brevard. At the last minute, I realized I hadn't reserved campsites, which is a big mistake in the popular Davidson River campground, where the reservable campsites are snapped up weeks, uh, make that months, in advance, and the lines for the first come sites resemble those for Duke UNC basketball tickets. I frantically began searching for an alternative and came up with North Mills River, just a ridge or two to the east. The fact that they had campsite openings at this point made me wonder, and I wondered even more after arriving to find a big meadow camping area without the tent door access to some really great hiking. My favorite hike from the group was up Fletcher Creek to the Spencer Gap, and then the return down Trace Ridge. It was August, and there were multiple creek crossings on Fletcher Creek, which which made the hike even that much better. And there was the exceptionally mature forest above the Hendersonville Reservoir. The, um, at the top, up at Spencer Gap, there was also the opportunity to head over into the Bent Creek Forest on the other side of the parkway. And there was also opportunities to go for a longer hike, even in this same area. Lots of trail, lots of opportunities. The hike we did was roughly about 10 miles. Standing Indian Mountain. I love a good, straightforward hike with a simple route, a solid objective, a good challenge, and, most importantly, a finish that has me sitting in a camp chair in a mountain stream drinking a beer. That's what you get with this classic 11-mile hike that follows Kimsey Creek for four miles up to Deep Gap, then picks up the Appalachian Trail for a two-and-a-half-mile climb to 5,513-foot Standing Indian Mountain a mountain with a view that makes for a great summit lunch stop. There's often a lot of hyperbole when it comes to mountaintop views, but this one this one truly is special. It's to the south and to the east, and it you can look into Georgia. And this view is about as devoid of any sign of man as any view that I've seen in the southeast. It is truly a special spot to um, spend a little bit of time, great place to have lunch. From the top of Standing Indian, after lunch, you have a four-and-a-half-mile return hike that trends downhill. Uh, trend, uh, that's guide speak for there may be a short climb or four along the way. I'm not sure. Don't hold me to it. And then, at the bottom, there's that celebratory brew in the creek. Plan to make a few days of, of this trip by staying in the Standing Indian campground and executing similar hikes that use Forest Service trails and the Appalachian Trail, which follows a, a horseshoe-shaped ridge to create numerous loop hikes. Cataloochee Valley in the Great Smoky Mountain National Park. Cataloochee is one of those spots that I swore the last time I visited, which was in 2015, that would be on my annual visit list. Alas, somehow I haven't been back since. The hike I really remember the most, though, from that trip was... Uh, started at the Little Cataloochee Trailhead off Cataloochee Creek Road and headed up the Long Bunk Trail up to Mount Sterling. Now, at one point on this stretch, you gain nearly 1,500 vertical feet in less than two miles. 
But the payoff is 5,800-foot Mount Sterling, nestled in a tight forest of fir and spruce. And there's also one of those fire towers that you look up and think, eh, I'm not doing it. But then you end up doing it. And the view is incredible. The ensuing descent is down Pretty Hollow Creek, and it is just that. It is very pretty. And it is also a mercifully mellow descent, one down a narrow valley. You reach the Palmer Creek Trail, and you can either continue on directly to Little Catalucci in the back to the trailhead, or you can hike about a mile and a half and poke your head into the wide-open Catalucci Valley. There you can check out some of the buildings that remain from a community that, before Great Smoky Mountains National Park became Great Smoky Mountains National Park, was home to about 1,300 people. Today, it's home to an elk herd reintroduced into the valley in 2001. The return hike through Little Catalucci takes you past the small white church where services are still held and through more gorgeous Smokies scenery. Minus the sideboard excursion into Catalucci, this hike is a little more than 15 miles. And those are our seven hikes. And again, we will have information on how you can hike these seven hikes in our show notes. And we'll be reporting back uh, as we hopefully attack each of these trails in 2021. That's our show for this week. I hope you liked it and that you'll be back. In the meantime, a reminder that the Get Hiking Southeast podcast is a part of the Get Hiking and Get Backpacking universe, where instead of just telling you about great places to go, we take you there. Coming up, we have on this Saturday, February 6th, it's our monthly Winter Wild Exploratory Adventure. We'll be visiting the Burkhead Mountain Wilderness on the northern tip of the Uwari National Forest west of Asheboro, North Carolina, for about eight miles of hiking, both on and off trail. In February, we have a get backpacking trip that's a rare loop hike, including a portion of the Appalachian Trail at Cold Spring Mountain, north of Hot Springs. This is a 16-mile trip with a three-mile hike in Friday afternoon, eight miles of ridgeline hiking on the AT on Saturday, a mellow five-mile hike out on Sunday. That's the weekend of February 19th to 21st. We've also added a backpack trip to Linville Gorge for the weekend of March 12th to 14th. Late Friday afternoon, we'll hike in a little over two miles and establish a base camp at Shortoff Mountain on the east rim of the gorge. Saturday, we don day packs for a day hike into the gorge. Sunday, after breaking camp and hiking out, we'll stop for a four to five mile hike on the Fontaflora State Trail along Lake James. If you're not a backpacker but would like to be, we have two Get Backpacking Intro to Backpacking classes this spring. Both classes include a day of training. One class meets in the Triangle area, the other at Mora Mountain State Park, and it follows up with a weekend graduation trip to North Carolina's South Mountain State Park. You can learn more about these adventures and everything else we do at getgoingnc.com. Click on Explore With Us. <laughs>